In the game of life, you are either the player or the spectator. Yeah, and you have to pick one, and I, for one, do not like to be in the bleachers. No kidding. But inside the game of life, there are endless other games people play at work, home, and in relationships. And that's what we're talking about today. The Speakeasy Podcast, real talk about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Jen Estel. And I'm Karen Steffel. Managing creativity in business? We probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. It's called the definite maybe, which is kind of hilarious. And so tell me, give me the list of things. Okay, so it has, um, oh, how do we pronounce this one? It's Dolan Ganapi. Which is um, sort of... An alpine herbal liqueur. Right. We've never had it before, so we're kind of, this is new for us. Mm-hmm. It tastes like the mountain air. It does, and it's paired with mezcal, which has got a nice smoky bit, and some fresh orange juice and fresh lemon juice. Little simple syrup and bitters. It's really got a lot going on. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, check it out. It's... You know, not one of the more simple ones that we've made, but it's definitely worth making. Yeah. And we tried something entirely new. It's got kind of a smoky kick there at the end, mm-hmm. but that fresh juice, it's a, it's a good combo. Yeah, that's nice. Well, I love that the name um, plays well with our episode. Yeah. I think that that's funny. A definite maybe. It's, it's a, a mystery. De- it's a definite maybe. <laughs> I'll tell you, there are no shortage of games. We had a really good time with this one. You guys are in our planning we really went off the rails about games. And if you don't know Karen or I well, Karen and her staff are super board game people. Mm-hmm. And um, we've got – we like some board games at our office as well. In fact, our offices have played – have had board game evenings together, yeah. which is kind of fun. That is a lot of fun. So I don't know how we got to the idea of the games people play. I think it was all about that – Games can teach you a lot about people, and but there are also a lot of parallels between games and life, and and like the little moves that you make, and it's so it so much of it aligns with an entrepreneur. And so we were riffing on well, if different business aspects were games, what would they be? And right. so, you know, everybody knows that. I've always said that like when you're hiring somebody new, it's like this courtship process. So it's like swipe left or right. (laughs) And my favorite one is the budget game Mm -hmm. that you play with clients where you need to know their budget so you can figure out what to do. And they don't want to tell you their budget because they want to see what you come up with. And so that's that's like the worst staring contest. And then repeat. Right. Mm -hmm. And go on and on. And then there's um, always work alliances. So that's a bit like Euchre where you have just – you can see people just looking at each other in the eye and you just know that they're communicating in that way. Like, I'll go it alone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and the larger larger your team gets, the more people tend to clump together and become Mm -hmm. a team against a different team. And that can all be in good fun, of course. But we went on and on and on about the parallels between games. Mm Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course, there's the one called Monopoly. Yeah. Which is us. Which is us. Because we're buying up the board. Yeah. We're, well, well, yeah. We're entrepreneurs and we're growing and we're trying to figure that out. But, you know, it's challenging enough to begin as an entrepreneur so that if you don't like playing games or you're, you know, adverse to figuring out the strategy or you don't like to win or you're afraid to compete, you know, those are all things that are just wrapped up into business ownership. That's true. And it's like um, being an entrepreneur is like playing a game with somebody who really knows the rules and you're just starting and you don't know the ins and outs of the rules yet. Mm-hmm. So you are competing against someone who knows this hidden little way to win and you're like, wait, can I see the rule book? Yeah. Except there's no rule book. Right, right. Well, but I mean, I think I think there is a bit though. I mean, you can uncover the rules and, and I think there there's... 
rules of engagement and standard practices for just about everything that we do. But there's also types of games. Like if you think about the games that we just listed, they they clump into categories. So there's um, skill games and gambling and bluffing and adventure and role playing and strategy. Oh my gosh, and fantasy. All of it. Drinking games. <laughs> Those come at the end of the evening, <laughs> right? Or when you're listening to our podcast, right? I felt like I could go on and on and on about the different strategies behind playing games. If you're if you're playing to win, if you're playing to collaborate, because in my office sometimes, well, when you're playing a game, sometimes the best move is not the one that will make you win. So, for example, Scrabble. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to make a really good move for the board, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be the one that gets you the most points. So the question becomes, do you do it for the best of the board or for the best of your own point score? Well, I think you're, because when you're playing any game, especially something like a Scrabble, or even if you think about chess, you're, you have to think about um, not just your next move, but your next three moves. And so, so even in your example with Scrabble, you have to play the the move that won't get you a ton of points, so that you can build and get to the one that will hit you the triple word score, right? Right, right. and hope somebody else can't sneak in the middle. Well, yeah. Well, and so, are you playing the board, or are you playing, you know, the opponent, right, or both? Which reminds me of your story about Kevin. So my husband and I, when we were um, dating early on, he has he's very passionate about golf. And he, he shared some things about golf very early on in our relationship when I was very much just learning. Um, he told me that I was always very frustrated because his score was always so much better than mine. And he'd been playing since he was 12. And he just said, even today, he said, I always have to look at playing the course and not my opponent or the people that I'm in the foursome with. And he said, because you're playing yourself. It's such a mental game. You have to just focus on the course. And the other thing he told me about golf is that um, you always learn so much about the other person, is that even the best golfers will fail. Even the most elite golfers will fail. And it's in the moments of failure that you learn so much and you reveal so much about yourself or you learn so much about the other person because you can see what they do with failure. You can see how they regroup, what they do with their mental process, and what they do to take the next step forward. Mm-hmm. And um, those two things have always stuck with me through all these 20-plus years. I was going to say that was a lot of years ago, and you still can recount it really well. hmm yeah, but I think it's true, and I think that beyond golf, if golf isn't the game that you play, I think that that's so true with so much of what we encounter. Well, what I like, too, is that he really wanted you to enjoy the game and understand how to play it. So he was sharing his skill and sharing his knowledge, mm-hmm. which I think is, is um, I really only want to play games with people who want to share their skill and knowledge. Yeah. You know, I don't, I, I don't enjoy playing games with people who are in it to win so much that they don't want to help you grow. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. And I think that's why I don't play poker or, or enjoy poker, for example. I like other card games. But when we play here in our office, it's so fun to have somebody feel enthusiastic about the game play that they want you to understand. And then we kind of play with really complicated games. Sometimes we'll play the first round kind of open-handed or open-faced so that we understand, and then we really play. Mm-hmm. So that's really fun. So that's an example of Everybody really wanting to have a good time. Yeah. That's um, that's how you play with kids. Yeah. You teach them. Everything is open face. You explain to them what you're doing so that they can catch on. And I've gotten to the point where my youngest is now catching on faster than I thought he would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or we were playing a game over the weekend and he just 
really caught on to a couple things faster. And it, and, and so we're in a whole new level now yeah. of the kinds of games we can play and how we do them. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking about my own family parallel because we really enjoy games. And um, we play them almost nightly, you know, after dinner if there's time. And um, – or we're at least in that groove right now. And my 10-year-old can play most of our games without any – support at all. In fact, he beats me at chess now. But my five-year-old is still kind of either on my team for something or she's the helper. Like she'll roll the die for me. But I just want to keep her engaged so that she sees the possibility of doing it herself one day instead of being isolated. That's, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So take me back to swiping right. How is that game? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think, you know, I think that's the app tender, right, which I've never used, thank God. But And it's not really a game, but the app itself is not gamified, or maybe it is. But dating isn't really a game, but it is. It's a game. Right. So it's – and it's a dance. <laughs> so it's that um, – how do you engage and how much do you reveal? And it's the strategy of how willing are you to give up the information that you have or the the the, the knowledge that you want to give up, or the feelings that you want to share in order to get that, to that next step. Now it's your turn. Now you say the things that, that are right. important. It's very much like the engagement process of, you know, onboarding somebody or, or that courtship process mm-hmm. of, you know, a new hire. A new hire or choosing a new hire, which, you know, really – it's a lot of strategy, right? And you give up a little bit and you're asking for a response and you know what kind of response you're looking to hear mm-hmm. so that you know someone is a good fit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you ask these oblique or curious questions mm-hmm. that really give you an insight into somebody's personality. Um, so it's very much it's very much a game, but it's a useful game. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know. I hope nobody takes the word the, our use of the word game you know, as if we're manipulating something. That's certainly never the lens from which we would view a process like that. But it is. There's this, I think we're using the word game to describe anything that has a set of, of rules, mm-hmm. an objective, and and a process by which to get to the end, right? Sure. And, and of course, we always hope that we're successful. Yeah. And in, in the best game of, of hiring, you both win. Mm-hmm. So everybody wins. Absolutely. And you'd rather play the game and realize who's going to be a good fit than not play the game and have two unhappy parties yeah. at the and, end. And there's lots of games that where, where there is no ultimate winner, where they're just for the purpose of enjoying. Yeah. We have a, we have a client for whom, um, in our very first engagement with him, just the get-to-know-you lunch, turned out he's a board gamer. And he has one game that he loves. It's called Carcassonne. And he turned us on to it. And now my family plays it like crazy. He comes over to our office about every quarter and we have a big game. And he teaches us how to do it. Mm-hmm. He is the master. He knows it inside and out. He has every expansion there is to have. So he kind of picks what kind of experience we want to have. Mm-hmm. And he's so patient about teaching us. And he's so clever about it. And he he does this great little run, running commentary with every play as to why he made that play and how it benefits and what the drawbacks could be. And it's just been so fun and such a nice way to cement a relationship mm-hmm. and get to know each other and have a good time mm-hmm. that I just it, – it made me think games at work are a great idea. Oh, it's, it's a great fun. idea. One of my coworkers said to me as I was preparing for this podcast, he said – he said, I think that, like, game night is the new bar night. It is. And I thought, well, I'm way beyond bar night. But yes, absolutely. Whether it's, like, gathering your friends 
or gathering your kids or gathering your team. Yeah. It's just this very social thing because there's two things happening at once, right? There's gameplay and then there's table talk. Right. And there's this just this little social thing that happens that's woven in between the gaps that is so delightful and fun. I love it. We some of our favorite games to play are Everybody knows Ticket to Ride, right? Mm-hmm. We've done um, Suro and Dixit and Code Names, Sheriff of Nottingham, and Chameleon is actually one of my favorites. Oh, I haven't played that one. Mm-hmm. So you'll have to come. You introduced us to Dixit, and I then took that one home, and my um, 12-year-old loves to play it. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it's for people with very creative minds. I mm-hmm. think it's a really great game for somebody who has a deep imagination. Mm-hmm. And so it has that component to it, and it's so much fun. And I remember playing that with your staff, and they're so clever. Yeah, well, and it's fun because when you're playing just among adults, the uh, without getting too specific, like when you can level up your strategy and become very clever and very um, coded in the way that you communicate. But when you're playing in mixed age groups, it can be very simple and the same amount of fun. Yeah, yeah. It's a great game. So, yeah, games at the office, games people play. Maybe this is an interesting topic to us because we both sort of have gaming personalities and mm-hmm. groups of people. But it it allows you to bond. It allows you it allows you to learn things about people in a way that you you wouldn't necessarily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I also like thinking through what are those traditional games in the office that really are just cultural ways of communicating, mm-hmm. and you need to know the ins and outs to get to the end. Yeah. Well, there's so many of them, right? And if you play games with your office, you'll learn so much about people's strengths. Right. So you'll learn about people's ability to be strategic. You'll learn about people's ability to be rational or patient or, um, you know, whether they're even willing to play by the rules or not. My gosh, that's useful. Sure. And then kind of looking beyond the obvious. So there's, you know, like you were just saying, your client gave you examples of why he made certain uh, plays and, and what the pros and cons of, of that type of move would be. But being able to look beyond the obvious or maybe looking two or three steps down the road, the ability to do that on a team is so useful. And learning it through mm-hmm. gameplay mm-hmm. is a much easier uh, way to find out about people's abilities. That's true. And the the thing I like about gameplay, too, is is you understand people's social cues and their unwritten rules and the things that remain unsaid and you learn what the twitch of an eyebrow can mean mm-hmm. or if somebody changes their posture you can figure that out and you know those harken back to anyone who's a Michigan native or has played euchre you know when you've got a great partner and you know exactly what their body language looks like mm-hmm. and how how great that can be yeah and knowing that you're that you know your team well enough that you can see from across the room what they're thinking, feeling, needing, what their idea might be. It's so much fun. It is so much fun. Now, ah. the key for me is getting that way with a client, too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's just, you know, that, that's an ongoing relationship development process. And but, but you do get that. You do get that over time with, with a client as well. Yeah. I believe that. But I think, I think the, the bottom line is that, you know, everybody is interested in winning. I mean, gosh. Sure. Who among us would not want to win? But I think in order to do that, you have to, first of all, just even know the game you're playing. Because sometimes people engage and, and they're not even sure what game they're playing. So know the game, know the objective, figure out the strategy, know your opponent or mm-hmm. your team members, and then figure out how you get through 
to to the end with hopefully a, a successful outcome. Absolutely. And knowing that stuff makes life way more easier and more fun. It's more fun to play a game that you understand and that you can figure out and you're not feeling like you're floundering. Yeah, and that you can get good at. Yeah. But the other thing that we talked about, too, is knowing when to break the rules. We're very good at that at the office when we're playing games of changing the rules um, mm-hmm. because we like it that way better yeah. or choosing this rule over that rule. But when you know, how, if you know the rules, then you know when you can break them to your advantage. Well, break them to your advantage as long as everybody's in on the right. rule change, right? Um, the, equi- the you know it being equitable. But you're right. There's like different styles of play. Lots of games have alternates, and and that's okay. And knowing when an alternate uh, course would fit your team is absolutely appropriate. Um, because if you, you know, truly, I think especially in entrepreneurship, if you uh, you're either playing the game or the game plays you. That's true, and you don't want to be catching up and feeling like you're just running through the game and not getting out of anything out of it. Yeah. So, which, you know, I have those days. Oh, for sure. Those weeks. <laughs> We're having that kind of week, both of us. <laughs> it's all right. You're just running to the next one. Hoping. Yeah. Now that, see that, those weeks are like Frogger. <laughs> <laughs> Where you're just hoping to not get smashed as you're moving on to the next goal, right? Yeah. Mario Kart is the one in, like on the Switch in my family right now. And yep. it's like... Don't crash, don't crash. I just slipped on a banana peel. (laughs) That spun out. There is really a game metaphor or analogy for every part of entrepreneurship, which I enjoy. Mm. And I think um, your drink is gone. My drink is gone. It was a good one. I'm telling you that smoky bit is really kind of nice. It's a nice surprise when you think you're drinking something that is otherwise very citrusy and juicy, and then all of a sudden it finishes in that way. It's great. Yep. And so, listeners, you can find that recipe, of course, at the website. But also on our website, we will put a link to some of our favorite games, some of the ones we talked about today. And um, if you're looking for the next one to play with your pals, you might want to check it out. We've got a few favorites in our office, and I know so does Karen. Mm -hmm. So we'll get you some lists. Fantastic. And if you've got one that we haven't talked about that you um, would be just dying to play or something that has taught you some lessons, uh, please share them with us. That's true. We're talking to you Gen Con people. That's right. What have you got? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode. If you liked it, share it with a friend. So what is up next time, Jen? Oh, next time we're asking, have you ever been afraid to use your voice? Oh my gosh, less so now, but absolutely. Me too. I think about it all the time. There's nothing worse than leaving a conversation wishing you'd have just said something else. Or said something at all. Right. So join us next time when we talk about standing up, speaking out, and saying the things you were just afraid to say. Join us next time. Thank you. Thank you.